Well, hey there, church family. We are so excited that you're joining us this morning. I know I say this every single week, but I'm so thankful that even though we can't meet in a physical location, that we can still worship together. We can still be family. We can still hear the word together. So I just wanted to say I'm so glad you're here joining us today. I wanted to remind you quickly before we dive into the sermon for today about all the ways that you can stay connected here at Legacy. Maybe you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, but the best way to stay connected with all of our resources is online at LegacyFamily.com. Info. When you visit that on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, you'll see that legacy at home card at the top. Just click that and it has all of our resources that you need to stay connected during this time of shut-ins and quarantining at home. So you can find apps, you can find books, you can find ways to give, you can find things for your kids, your teenagers to stay involved. So be sure to visit LegacyFamily.info for all of those needs. And before we move into the sermon today, let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this incredible time of worship. God, we thank you that even though we can't all meet together, that that your spirit transcends time and space, Father, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of us at this moment. So Father, I thank you that this word that's about to come forth, Father, that you help us to put it in the good soil of our heart, that you help us to take this word in, that it wouldn't fall by the wayside, we wouldn't get distracted, Satan wouldn't come and steal the, the goodness that you're about to speak to us. So Father, I just open our hearts right now. In Jesus' name, wherever you're at sitting there, just ask him, say, Holy Spirit, open my heart to receive what you have for me today. Father, we love you. We thank you for the incredible opportunity it is to be sons and daughters. We love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church family, get out your Bible, get out something to take notes with. If you actually, if you're online, you can scroll down and there's notes right there for you. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive into the Word. Good morning, Legacy Church. We're excited you're joining us today. You know, this is Palm Sunday, and uh, this is not just a, a religious event. This is a historical event that Jesus, that he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. They laid palms and cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, uh, the, the Lord has come. And guess what? He's coming again. And I cry Hosanna, Hosanna today because Jesus is coming in. Look at what's going on in the earth. And we don't have to be afraid. We can have great joy, great peace. Because guess what? Those palm branches that Jesus laid down, they represented peace. They represent victory, triumph. They represent peace. And how about eternal life? All that is what represented. You know, he didn't come as a king to conquer the Romans. That's what they were believing for that day. He came as a king to give you victory, to give you victory over sin, to give you victory over sickness, to give you eternal life. Of course, Jesus came to give us all those things. And today I'm going to talk about what he's done for us and I'm going to encourage you to be a believer. So we're going to talk about why believe. Why do we believe? And so why do we believe in everything that Jesus did and everything that he did at Calvary and everything that he did in the resurrection? Why do we believe everything in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Why do we believe Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, everything that Paul wrote, everything that Jude wrote, everything that James wrote, everything that's in the Word? Why don't we need to be a believer and, I, and to believe in these things that Jesus has done for us. So I want to encourage you with that. Romans 1.17 says, The just shall live by believing. The just shall live by faith. And uh, Acts 16.31, it said, Believe, believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Well, you know, there's even more after that. And it says you and your family, but not as a believer just to get saved. We want to be believers to live this life as the Palm Sunday declares. We want victory. We want triumph. We want peace and we want eternal life. 
people stop at eternal life. But guess what? I got saved at eight years old. I, I needed more than just eternal life. I needed some power to live by in this life. Amen. So let's look at let's look at number one. We're going to talk about by grace. Are you saved by believing? You know, it says by grace, are you saved by faith? But faith is believing. Are you a believer? Say, yes, I'm a believer. Yes. All right. So Romans 4, 16 says, therefore, it is a faith believing that it might be according to grace. Thank God for the grace of God. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. We're the seed of Abraham, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Here's your homework. Read Romans, the fourth chapter. It talks about Abraham and his faith. He's the father of faith, the first one to believe God, to receive a miracle, to receive the things of God, to walk in the blessing of God. Guess what? We're his children. We have inherited that same faith that Abraham has. God has stirred in us and, and we should be a believer just like Abraham was a believer. Ephesians 2, 2, 8, I've quoted part of it already. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith, believing that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What do you mean not of works? You're not good enough. You're not going to be good enough. But by the grace of God, salvation was granted unto you. It was given unto you. And it's the power of God and the life of God to live this life. Heaven is your guarantee. But guess what? Heaven is already, it has everything that we need. Our part is to bring heaven to earth. Amen. So we want to stir. Guess what? We can't do this on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by our might or our strength, but the, by the Spirit of God. Jesus said it like this in John 6, 28. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Then they asked him, what are we to do? Talking, they asking Jesus, what are we to do so that we can habitually do the works of God? How can we do the works of God every day? What do we do? What do we do? In verse 29, Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God that you believe. Are you believing? Do you believe? Then you're doing the work of God. Believers believe and they do the work of God. Believing is adhering to, trusting in, relying on, and having faith in the one whom he sent. So I'm going to read it without all the adhere, trust in. It says that you believe in the one whom God sent. We need to believe in the one that God sent, who is Jesus. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send somebody else that's just like me. We need to believe in the Holy Spirit and his work on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit has empowered us to live this life. And so we'll, we'll, we'll stir you up with some things. I want to also add in James chapter 2, this is something that we don't need to leave out. James says, faith has corresponding action. Mature believing has corresponding action. When you become a believer... It's not that you're working to get be a better person. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit start stirring in you to become a better person. God wants to work in you. He's not going to leave you in the muck and the mire. He's dropped His grace down, which is the hand of God, and your hand of faith grabs His hand, and He pulls you out of all the trouble that you've lived in, all the situations, all of the doubt. How about all the way you've lived your life or in the trouble and the despair? Maybe you're in despair. God has given you great joy, great peace, great, a great salvation. Are you a partaker of it? Are you a believer? Come on. We need to be believers. Bump somebody. Look at your wife and tell her, I'm a believer. Look at your husband. Tell him, I'm a believer. 
Come on. Are you a believer? Let's go to number two. Let's believing explain. In the Amplified again, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, the King James says, Now faith is, a, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to look at it in the Amplified, and I want to break it down for you just a little bit. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Uh, you can go on uh, LegacyFamily.info and get all of the notes and go back and study all these things. But I want you to look. Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Whoa, don't, let, don't miss that. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as, as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Oh, for when verse 2 says, For by this kind of faith the men of old gained divine approval. I want to go back and look at this just for a second. Now faith is the title deed. Uh, faith uh, is, is adhering to, trusting in, relying on God. It's the title deed of the things hoped for that are divinely guaranteed. Last Sunday we talked about promises. The promises are divinely guaranteed. Well, why don't we have all the promises? It's because we don't pursue them. We need to be a pursuer and we need to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. I talked about last Sunday, if, if there's a table and the Bible says in, in Psalms 23 that the Lord prepares a table before you in the midst of the coronavirus. It didn't say that. It said in the midst of your enemies. Well, that's an enemy. And the Lord prepares a table before you. Are you going to eat? Are you going to eat of the promises? Are you going to be a believer? Believers partake. And I'm a believer. I want you to be a believer. Yeah, there's areas that I need to show up just like everybody else. We need to be believing for greater and more. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I want you to comprehend that faith is the evidence. So as you look at the promises of God, you find things that are divinely guaranteed. And they, they bring hope to you and joy to you. Wait a minute, I can have that. I can do that. I can be that. I, I want that. That's hope. Just wanting is not enough. You have got to, to study it and believe it and be a partaker of it until you believe it. And then you begin to receive it. And somebody said, well, well, you know, I need to see it first. No, it's not the way it works. You believe first and then you receive. We'll talk about that some more in just a little bit. So faith always has corresponding action. Faith always believes and faith believes for more. How many of you know that it said this kind of faith, the holy men of old, uh, gain divine approval. Did you know Jesus did that? The Bible says that Jesus perfectly pleased the Father. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him. Some thought it thundered. Some heard the voice of God. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know what? When you accept Jesus, you step into that being well pleased with God. Not by your works, but by the blood of Jesus. You step into that being well pleased. You, well, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm worthy. That's wrong thoughts. We've been talking about that on Wednesday. Go back and look at our Wednesday broadcast on thoughts. So number three, where does believing in faith dwell? Where does believing dwell? Is it out there? Is it over there? Oh, here, over yonder? Look, no, it's on the inside of you. Here's the scripture, Ephesians 3.16. Paul's writing and he's, he's, he's praying over believers in Ephesus. Guess what? He's praying over believers where you live. If you're a believer, this prayer is for you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, his goodness. That you be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Come on. This is what God, that God would grant you. God wants you 
God wants you to be strengthened with might in the, by His Spirit. The Spirit of God is power. And the Holy Spirit wants to put His might on the inside of you to live this life. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. By faith, by believing. Christ dwells in your heart by believing. So, so the power's in there by believing. You already have the power of God, believer. But you never recognize it. You never look at it. You never ask the Holy Spirit to empower you in this area, in that area. You never seek the Holy Spirit for His power. And you need to be asking power to live this life. And so to be rooted and grounded in love. So verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Love's a foundation. Love's a foundation. And it's a foundation that we build upon, and we're going to build upon it with some more things in just a second. Verse 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I would say, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. Come on, say it with me. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. That we all, and above, you know, let me, let me just read verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly all that we ask or think. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. How many of you have been praying against this virus? Guess what? God's asking. God, God, you know, you're asking, God's answering. God's answering. This thing's diminishing. This thing is, is going, it's getting weaker and weaker in the name of Jesus because we have prayed against it. And so, and it's according to the power of God that works in us. So, so here's what you, do you believe that, that the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, Christian? Believer? If the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, then the power of God's on the inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in you and quickens you and makes you alive to the things of God. You know what? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? All right, then. Then number four, then let's believe for the greater. Let's, let's believe for the exceeding and great uh, and abundantly more. Let's believe for the greater. It's time to put God back into our everyday life. It's time to put God, make Him number one. You know, remember 9-11? When 9-11 happened, people were distraught. People were discouraged. People ran to church. And they're not in church anymore. Now we had this virus. The devil is, is throwing this sickness on, on the world. And people are running with fear and afraid. And they, they want to go to church. They can't go to church. But I want to ask you, when, when this is over, you, you're going to serve God? Or you you just going to live nonchalant again? You're going to not care about the Lord and what He's doing in your life? Come on, this is a, a wake-up call. Church has been asleep too long. It's time to wake up, church. It's time to believe God, to stir up the, 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 the Spirit of God on the inside of you and let God live big on the inside of you. Go back and listen to what I put on Facebook Live Tuesday. You have and you are the, the house of the Holy Spirit, and He dwells in you, and He is powerful. Guess what hinders Him? You. Me, we hinder the power of God. It's time for us to get out of the way and let God work through us and begin to pray. Because I want to show you something. That, and as we look at this, uh, man, I want you to be stirred. And I believe point five is something that you haven't, uh, maybe you haven't seen or acted upon before. It's time to begin, but we're not there yet. So let's finish this. It's time to put God first. In Matthew 9, 26, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Oh, this virus this, this virus that. People are afraid. We can't find an antidote. We can't find uh, this and that. Well, you know what? We're praying that people find it, and they are. 
But you know what? Anything that's impossible with man is possible with God. And we need to get into the possibilities that are with God. Guess what? The only thing that, that stops the impossible of God uh, is you. Is our, how about our thinking? How about the world's programming? You, you see the world, they tell you this, they tell you that, we're in trouble, the economy's crashing, what are we going to do, job, what are you going to do about your job, how are you going to pay your bills, and you know what, God is going to take care of you. And let's just have, let's just smile about it, you know, you got, come on, you got to force yourself to smile and say, you know what, I'm trusting God, God's got this, he said he'd take care of the birds, he, he closed the, the flowers, he's going to clothe me and take care of me, amen? Alright, so let's look, the, the, oh, here's another one, this even religion will program you not to believe God. That's sad. Everything I'm giving you is out of the word. I'm giving you all kinds of scriptures to stand and believe. And we must refuse to believe anything that comes against what God has done for us. We must refuse to believe anything that, that, that stands against what God has done for us. Look at his word. And so 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We've been talking about this on Wednesday nights. 2, Tim, Tim, uh, see, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Thoughts. Well, I don't know if I... I've been sick for a long time. I don't know if I ever get over this. That, that's, that's, a, that's an imagination that... That's an argument that goes against the Word of God. I don't think my children will ever get saved. That's an argument that goes against the Word of God. I don't know if my, my grandchildren can ever be delivered from drugs. That's an argument that goes against the Word of God. I don't know if the Lord wants me blessed. Well, you've got to go and dig and go against that argument with the Word of God and find out that He blesses. You've got to find the promise. And, and this is how we battle. 1 Timothy 6.12 says to fight the good fight of faith. Remember I said that, that uh, God and Jesus have already defeated the devil? It's me and you that are fighting. This is, where, this is the devil's world. It's the, it's the Lord's earth, but the devil's in, in charge of this world system. He's the God of the earth. He's, not, he's the God of this world. Jesus is the God of the earth. It's a difference because there's a world system that goes against the knowledge of God and against the Word of God. And we need to stand in the Word and fight the good fight of faith. Do you ever pray? Do you ever fight? I'm not talking about fighting God. I'm talking about fighting circumstances. 1 John 4, 4, you, have, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See, this is where it talks about who's in the world. It's Satan's in the world. But the greater one, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Say it with me. I have the greater one on the inside of me. One more time. I have the greater one on the inside of me. So number five, believing makes us stronger. Come on, believing ought to give you confidence. The Word of God gives you confidence and grabbing hold of that Word and putting it in your heart, it changes your thinking, it changes your words, it changes your life. Because, because it, it, you, you look at it, people are, were changed by Jesus' words. Just Jesus saying, come follow me. Change the 12 disciples, come follow me. Well, what's in it for me, Jesus? They didn't even ask that. The Holy Spirit just prompted them and the power of God pulled them out of their fishing, out of their tax collecting, out of their life, and they began to follow Jesus. 
Come on, God's word, Jesus's words are powerful. And so we need to put them first. They make us stronger. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's, it's his might, and we want to be strong in his might and his power, not our strength. We've got to come to grips that God has given us power to be strong in. God has given us power. He's given us weapons. He's given us his name. He's given us his word, uh, the sword of the spirit. He's given us faith. He's given us peace. He's given us salvation. These are weapons. Come on, you ever been headbutted? I've been headbutted before. You know what? You need to put your helmet of salvation on and headbutt the devil. Ha, huh? you never thought about it like that. You need to tell him, get, get back, Jack, I'm saved. Get back, I'm a child of God. Get back, you have no place here. You have no place here. If a stray dog ran into your house, are you going to let it stay? With all the fleas and the mange that it's got, you're going to run it off. You need to run the devil out of your house. Out of this house and out of your physical house. Quit watching that junk. Quit watching that trash. Come on, run the devil out and start, start seeking God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen? So look, Ephesians 1.16 again. Paul's praying this. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the eyes of your understanding, in verse 18, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory in the, and of his inheritance in the saints. Come on, saints, we have an inheritance. Come on, we have an inheritance. And, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? What, in verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Say, I'm a believer and believers have power. I'm a believer and believers have power. So according to the working of his power, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things. No, no, hold on, hold on. Jesus, Jesus has put everything under his feet and all principality, power, might and dominion and every name that is named. That, that's demonic forces. Listen to this. Not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Verse 22 and 23. This is something maybe you've never thought about or never walked in. Because you know what? You're always asking God do something. God do something. God do something. Jesus do something. Jesus help me. Listen to this. And he has put all things under his feet. And gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church. Believers are the church. Uh, well, the Lord has done something. He's given you. All things. Verse 23, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So the church is responsible. That's why I say we've been asleep. We haven't been praying about our countries. Uh, in every country, we should God should burden us about every country, if not send some and pray that he send people to preach the gospel. But we need to be praying over our cities, where you live, the state you live in, uh, the country you live in. And God will put a burden on you for Japan or China or Indonesia or Thailand or Peru. He'll give you that. And you need to be praying over that because you have authority to pray. He just gave you the authority. He said he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. We're supposed to be the head. We're supposed to be in charge spiritually. We're supposed to be binding powers and principalities and all the evil stuff that's going on in this world. Isn't it good to know that you have power? 
You've got power. So why don't we walk in this? Because we don't know it. Or we don't use it. It's like having a vehicle and never cranking it and never driving it. It's your vehicle, but you never drive it. You ever thought about it? You ever, you know, if nobody taught you how to drive, how would you learn? You would learn by uh, hit or miss, wreck or drive. And if you go into the first gear, it's reverse. And if nobody taught you what the D was, because you go to the end and it doesn't move, so you go back to the reverse because that's why you know it moves. So now you're driving backwards. You're getting from place to place, but you're going backwards. There's always more in God and there's always better in God. And God has empowered you to use his word. And you need to go deeper and go more. And you know what? It's supposed to be. This is where it gets fun. This is where it's supposed to be fun when you know that you you have the power of God in your life. And not only for you, but for others. You can be a light and a witness. The Bible said you can pray for people. And they can accept Jesus. You can pray. Uh, the Bible says believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. Are you a believer? Believers need to be praying over their children. Believers need to be praying over their cities. Let's, let's finish this up because I, I want to show you some things. Uh, I want to talk just for a second. Things to believe in. And we're going to close with this. It said things to believe in. The great grace exchange. This is the great, great, this is our foundation. If love's our foundation, this is on top of love. This is what Jesus did at Calvary. When he was resurrected, all these things were given to us because he paid the price for them on the cross. The cross was a mess. It was horrible, but it was all done for me and you. So look what it says. There's eight things. One, and I want you to say, I believe after I say it, he did, he died to give us life. Do you believe that? Say, I believe. Number two, he was made sin to make us righteous. I believe. Do you believe? Number three, he became weak to make us strong. I believe. Number four, he suffered shame to give us glory. I believe. Number five, he was cast out of God's presence. Remember on the cross, why hast thou forsaken me, Jesus said, because God turned his back on him. He was cast out of God's presence to make us welcome there. Say, I believe. Number six, he went to hell to give us heaven. Glory, I believe that. I've got heaven because he paid the price for me. Seven, he was condemned to set me free. I believe. And whatever's holding you back and condemning you, whatever you're into, God wants to make you free from that. And the last one, but not the least one, he was made sick to give us hell. I believe. You know, all these things were taken care of in Isaiah uh, 53, but if you'll go, to LegacyFamily.info and look under, uh, uh, look for the notes under the video. I give you scripture reference of all of these. We don't have time to do them all, but I want to ask you one last thing: Are you a believer? Are you a believer? And Christians, you ought to be going, "Yes, I'm a believer." But if you're not a believer, if you're not a child of God, uh, the Bible teaches that you need to be born again, that you need the power and the life of God. And, and so, I want to pray over, pray over you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe. We're talking about believing. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Remember I quoted Acts. You, you uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your family. So you believe with your heart. One believes unto righteousness with their heart. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation.
Do you want to be a believer today? Do you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he paid the price for, for, for your life? I do. He did for me. I believe that he, he, he died for all the sins that I've committed before I was saved, even the ones after I saved when I've missed it. I, I, I changed my, my, my pattern. I changed my thinking. I've missed that. I don't want to do that again. And he forgives me and he cleanses me and he gives me righteousness. You know, that was that was that was number two. He was made sin that I could have right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. I have right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus, not my works, but because of him. Do you want to be a believer today? Pray with me. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to save today these people that, that are believing in you for the first time. And I ask you to stir in the believers, Lord God, that they believe for even more, exceedingly and abundantly more. Father, stir in their hearts by your Spirit. And Father, I thank you that as we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, say it with me, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that he was raised from the dead, therefore I'm saved. If you prayed that, then you're saved. So in Jesus' name, we receive. Now, listen, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the first time, will you uh, put it on Facebook for us to see? Let us reach out to you. Let us give you information. Let us give you more uh, of this foundation to stand on, more of this Christian walk. And if you're a believer, listen to us today, and, and you're not mature in these things, and you want to know more, hit us up. Let us pray with you. Uh, tag us this people i have people that will pray for you people that will help disciple you and people that will lead you into a deeper walk with christ if that's you come on just get let's get to let's get together even if it's on facebook or, or go to our website and, and at legacyfamily.tv or legacyfamily.info god bless y'all in jesus name amen well, there you have it, church family. I hope you can identify with some of the reasons that we decide to put our faith and our belief in Jesus. Maybe you're new to this and you're not really sure what you believe, or maybe you prayed that prayer at the end to accept Christ into your heart and let him be Lord of your life. If that was you, we just want to say how incredibly proud we are of you. We love you. Welcome to our family. And we just actually, we want to connect with you. So if you could go to legacyfamily.info, find that prayer request card, and just let us know that you prayed that prayer to receive Christ into your heart. We would love for one of our pastors or staff members to reach out and connect with you and kind of help you with next steps because a lot of times, you know, people ask Christ into their heart and then they're like, what do I do now? So we want to help guide you in that. You can, like I said, you can go online to legacyfamily.info or if you're here seeing this on Facebook, just send us a quick private message and let us know that you made that decision. We would love to celebrate with you and help you with the next step. All right, church family, we love you so much. We'll see you back here on Wednesday night as we release our midweek service. We can't wait until we can meet again, but until then, find us here online, Facebook, YouTube, or LegacyFamily.info. We love you, church family, and from all of us here at Legacy Church, have a great week.